I am driving into work and I'm about to quit my day job and go full-time as a writer and a YouTuber. Becoming a full-time creative has been my lifelong dream and now it's happened. Not in the way I expected and certainly not without a slew of setbacks and obstacles and unexpected twists, but after a lot of writing and after a lot of striving, it's finally here. So in this video, I wanna show you how this dream became possible, why I decided to make this leap and what principles you can apply to your own life if you have a similar goal to go full-time with your writing or some other creative passion of your own. Part one, how this happened. When I was in high school, I had a very clear idea of my future. I wanted to be an author and an architect, not an author or an architect, but both at the same time, and maybe do a few other creative side projects as well. This goal was very much inspired by my literature teacher, Adam Keeley, and he introduced me to this idea of the Renaissance man. That is a person who flourishes in many areas of expertise, especially in the creative fields. The quintessential example being Leonardo da Vinci, who not only was a incredible painter, but he was also a gifted mathematician, engineer, scientist, and philosopher. As the great Robert Heinlein said, specialization is for insects. And that kind of multidisciplinary creative life, that was so intoxicating and appealing to me because I didn't wanna just confine myself to doing one narrow thing for the rest of my life. I wanted to be able to explore lots of different creative possibilities. So writing books and designing buildings, I thought these were gonna be the cornerstones of my Renaissance man life. Unfortunately, things didn't go how I hoped. When I studied architecture at university, I absolutely loved it. In fact, some of my closest friends to this day come from the small group of architecture students that I studied with. And from those times where we worked together, pouring our souls into our designs, carrying models into presentation day and hoping they wouldn't fall apart halfway between the car park and the building, and working late into the night in the basement level of the architecture building, which is this immense labyrinthine Hogwarts of a building that would quite regularly have the roof collapse, which is quite ironic considering it was the architecture building. But when I got into actually working in the architecture history, I hated it. What we'd learned in university had been maybe 20 or 30% of what the job was really like. And there was so much more mundane dealing with contracts and administrative tasks and doing these sort of boring administrative things that just weren't appealing to me. In fact, most of my sort of early architecture career, I was literally just designing toilets, which was not particularly inspiring. And that really stoked my ambitions to become a full-time creator, a full-time author, to have this control over my destiny and to be able to dedicate myself fully to meaningful and fulfilling and interesting creative projects. So I shifted away from architecture and I got a job working at Nature Play Solutions, a playground designing company. In 2019, I started working there initially two days a week and spent the rest of my week writing, working on my stories, which was really great. But unfortunately, the writing at that point was not making enough money for that to be a sustainable path. So I went up to working four days a week at Nature Play Solutions and I'd worked there for the next two years. And those were a great two years. In my time there, I published Fires of the Dead, Across the Broken Stars and The Thunder Heist. And I also began writing Siege of Trebolin, my interactive fiction game for choice of games. Remember that last one because it becomes important later in this story. Now, Nature Play Solutions was a really fun company to work out with incredible colleagues. I was able to go from designing playgrounds on my computer to walk outside to see them getting built in the factory, often having to fix and design and workshop stuff kind of on the fly as it was getting built. And thanks to that job, there's actually now a few playgrounds around Perth that I principally designed. Um, notable examples being Whitford Node South up in Hillary's and also Lucretia Park down near Coogee. So that job was a lot of fun. 
But after two years there, I felt like I had sort of stagnated into these more boring administrative tasks and I didn't really feel like I was getting a lot of career progression. And of course, you know, I'd continue to be working on my writing all throughout this time and that was still my driving ambition to become a full-time author. I wanted that more than anything else in the world. So I asked myself, would I maybe accelerate towards that goal faster if I got a job where I was actually writing, where I was actually learning how to write, but getting paid to learn how to write on someone else's dime. And that's why I decided to apply at Market Index, which at the time was a very small financial technology startup that provided stock market data. They only had six employees at the time and they were just about to add a financial journalism offering to their website. I've always been super fascinated in stocks. I've been investing since I was 19 years old and I really wanted to learn more about the industry. Despite having no finance or journalistic experience, the company's founder really liked the fact that I'd been publishing these novels of my own, launching podcasts, and even running little side businesses along the way. I'd actually run this little online tutoring business back when I was in university. He'd had a similarly winding path into the financial world. So he hired me, and over the next year, Market Index grew to 13 employees and became a major source of Australian news, with me writing our weekend newsletter, which would go out to over 100,000 investors every Sunday. And it was while working here that I finished Siege of Treblin. This was a mammoth effort. Up until this point, my longest novel, Across the Broken Stars, had only been 80,000 words. But Siege of Treblin, which was this interactive fiction game where you're the ruler of a fantasy city that is under attack, had ballooned to 280,000 words. And this was totally my fault, because right from the start, I wanted to craft something that was just such an immersive and visceral experience, really putting you into the shoes of what it would be like to be in charge of a fantasy city that is under siege. There's four major non-player characters who you can romance or befriend or make into your rivals. There's three different backstory options and for pretty much every fight and battle in the story, you can choose your own unique combination of weapons and armor and the specific tactics that you're gonna be using in that fight. I really wanted it to be this deeply immersive experience. And that made for a lot of head scratching and frantic diagram drawing and long, long hours of typing code into the computer. I actually looked then because I track all of my writing stats and I spent 613 hours developing this game. So when Choice of Games was about to publish it in April of 2022, I was feeling really nervous. I'd never written anything like this before. Was it going to work? The game went live. I saw it appear in the Choice of Games app and I was filled with anxiety because I couldn't see the results straight away. With my previous novels, I'd self-publish them so I could immediately see how they were performing. But because this game was going through a publisher, there would be a delay before I actually found out what the reception was like. I remember anxiously emailing Choice of Games and asking for the first week results and not really hearing anything back for the first few days. But fortunately, I headed over to have a holiday in Sydney with a couple of my friends and that was really good. And I was just able to focus on having a good time on the trip not really checking any emails, not really checking any stats about the game or anything like that. But in the airport on the way back, I could wait no longer. My friend David had to check some emails and make a few calls for his business. So I decided to open the Choice of Games app and see if the reviews had appeared for my game. And to my incredible shock, I discovered that Siege of Treblin had over 500 reviews after the first week, and it was averaging 4.8 out of five stars. I was absolutely floored because none of my previous three books had anywhere close to that number of reviews. And if my research was accurate, that number of reviews should correspond to several thousand sales. As we flew back to Perth, I felt so incredibly elated. After years of effort, after years of trying, 
it felt like my writing was finally leading somewhere. The next day I got an email from my editor, Abby, who by the way, was absolutely incredible to work with on this game and gave me so many good ideas. Hi Jed, congratulations on the release. The opening week sales are $13,419.45 across all platforms, which is great. $13,000 for a story I'd written. I don't think get 25% royalties for that, of course, but this was incredible. I'd almost paid off half my advance in just one week. This was it, I thought. It's finally happening. Sales did slow down after that initial week, of course, but it didn't take long before Siege of Treblin had paid out its advance and began to deposit regular royalties into my account every single month. There's even been a few months where it's paid me more than $2,000 thanks to writing a little expansion for the game. And let me tell you, those dollars, dollars that came from my own creativity, from my own storytelling, were worth five times more than a dollar I earned working for someone else. Because those dollars were a sign that maybe, just maybe, this ludicrous dream of becoming a full-time writer might one day become a reality. Still though, those royalties weren't quite enough to sustain a full-time career. So I started work on my next novel, Kingdom of Dragons, wondering where this would all lead. Meanwhile, in my day job, Market Index continued to grow. By the end of 2022, we had expanded to 13 employees and we were acquired by another great company called Livewire Markets. So now all of a sudden, this little startup I've been working at had over 30 employees. And it was around about this time that I made two extremely expensive purchases that turned out to be the best investments of my life. The first one was laser eye surgery. It fixed my short-sightedness, it gave me better than 20-20 vision, and it's just been really, really cool to not have to worry about glasses. But the second purchase was really the one that changed everything. For ages, I've been following this YouTuber called Captain Sinbad. His cinematic self-development videos really spoke to me. And he just launched a YouTube group coaching program where he would share his principles for success and personally work with you to develop great videos for your own channel. At the time, this was around September of 2022, I had around 900 subscribers on this YouTube channel and I mostly just used it to post videos of my Wizards, Warriors and Words podcast, which was a fantasy writing advice show I ran with Michael R. Fletcher, Dirk Ashton and Rob J. Hayes, who are all incredible, awesome guys and really, really great writers. And I love Sinbad's YouTube style. So I thought, sure, I'll apply for this program. I got on a consulting call with Minoj, who is Sinbad's business partner. And he really just asked me questions, questions about, you know, what I've been trying on YouTube so far, what my goals were for my writing and my life in general, and just a lot of other great, really probing, insightful questions. Now, there's a lot of salesmen who are very sleazy and manipulative who are just out to get your money. But on that call, I discovered a totally different type of salesman. A salesman who genuinely cares. A salesman who only offers help if they authentically believe that it will be useful for you. A salesman who uncovers the limiting beliefs and the mental blocks in your own life. And yes, maybe gives you the push to do something you're a little bit uncomfortable with, but that push is necessary to help you overcome the hurdles that stand between you and becoming your truest self. And so I walked out of that call spending a lot of money that I was not prepared to spend going into that call. At the time, Sinbad's coaching program represented around two months of my market index salary. But the very first video I made in that program, my video about writing like Neil Gaiman for seven days, broke over 100,000 views in about 50 days after being published. And it's continued to go on to get over 200,000 views as of today. That breakthrough changed everything. At the time, I'd be lucky if my YouTube videos got maybe 200 or 500 views a piece, but the principles that Sinbad taught me in that group coaching program literally improved my skills a hundred, maybe even a thousand fold when it came to YouTube. And it really taught me the power of coaching and of just being able to download other people's brains and learn from all their mistakes and their experience to 
massively accelerate my own progression. I cannot express enough how profoundly Captain Sinbad's coaching changed my life and how happy I was that Manoj persuaded me to join. When I started his group coaching program in September, I had around 900 subscribers, but by July of 2023, I'd reached almost 20,000 subscribers on this YouTube channel. And along the way, this growing channel had sent more readers to my books, generated AdSense revenue, and even led to the creation of my own story coaching program, where I've had the immense privilege of working with a small number of really talented fantasy writers to help them improve their stories. And there's now a couple of people in the program who are likely gonna be able to publish their books in the next few months, thanks to the sort of guidance and mentorship I've been able to give them through the story coaching program. So by the end of July, 2023, I'd realized that between my writing and my YouTube, my creative business had generated 60% more than my day job at Market Index had so far that year. And with the trajectory that things were on, it looked like that was only gonna grow. Now at the start of that year, I told myself that if over the next 12 months I made over a certain benchmark, I would leave Market Index and go full-time with my writing. Well, I cleared that hurdle in July, six months ahead of schedule, but still I was nervous. I'd gotten Market Index down to three days a week and fully remote so that I could work from anywhere in the world if I wanted to. In fact, my boss had even been encouraging me to travel more because he'd done something very similar when he was my age. I can't emphasize enough how much of a cool guy this boss was, like really the best boss I've ever had. And Market Index was in many ways the ultimate lifestyle job. It was fun work. I had a big readership of 100,000 people who read my weekend newsletter every single week. And my colleagues were great. Shouldn't I just stick it out and play it safe and continue to fit riding around the edges of this job? But then we had a health scare in my family and I won't get into the specifics. I don't really want to discuss them publicly, but essentially it made me realize that we don't have as much time as we always think we do. And to not follow your passions and your dreams, to delay them into the territory of saying, one day I'll do this, one day I'll do that. You never know if that day will ever arrive. For the last few years, I've had this Memento Mori coin on my desk. Uh, Memento Mori just essentially means remember you are mortal. And on the back of it, it has a quote from Marcus Aurelius in Meditations, which is my favorite nonfiction book, this book here, which says you could leave life right now. This health scare had reminded me of this truth. My creative dreams were here for the taking but who knew how long that would last? So I drove to work and before my boss and I went out for lunch and our regular monthly chess game session, I told him that it was time for me to move on. And it was a surprisingly emotional experience for both of us, actually. I got a little bit choked up because this company had really meant a lot to me and just being there in its growth and all of the incredible mentorship and uh, support and help that he had actually given me in my sort of career progression and in my learning, it really meant a lot to me and I was very close to him and to everyone else at that company. But he really supported me. He said that it was the right call for me and he really gave me a lot of encouragement to pursue my dreams. The last month at Market Index was a surreal experience. I vividly remember telling myself to try to enjoy it as much as I could. And I'm glad I did because it was a, a bittersweetly beautiful few weeks of kind of celebration and gratitude for everything that that job had been while also recognizing that this was a chapter of my life that was coming to a close and that there was a new chapter about to open up, a really exciting chapter. So in what seemed like no time at all, I had my last day at the office, I said my goodbyes and I walked out. Well, that's it. That was my last day at Market Index. Wasn't expecting this, but as I kind of went away from it, I, as I walked away, I was sort of like kind of emotional and almost started to cry. And you can probably hear it in my voice right now. You know, I remember maybe a year ago when I would be reading these books like Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography and I remember every lunch I would be reading that 
um, just down at the park, just kind of reading about how he took these risks to kind of leave Austria to, you know, lead the stability and to try to pursue this, this other life and um, just kind of longing to have that same experience myself. And um, now it's happened and <laughs> it feels kind of, it felt like pretty unreal for, I suppose, this week, just felt, you know, kind of business as usual. And then I guess today when I was sort of handing my computer in and, and saying goodbye to all my colleagues, we went out for lunch, which was great. Just realizing, wow, like that's it. And now you're on your own. Obviously, I have no idea what the future will hold, but I feel very motivated for this next chapter. There's just such a certain sense of possibility and adventure. And, you know, you only get one life, so I really want to live it to the fullest. And that's why I'm so glad I made this decision. And as I record this video, it's been exactly one month since I've gone full-time as a writer and a YouTuber. Part two. So what's it been like? Well, there have been moments of pure joy and exhilarating freedom. In particular, it's been really great to just have more time for my one-on-one -on -one story coaching clients to be editing their books, reading through their writing, getting on calls with them to discuss their stories. Although it really hasn't taken long for a lot of my coaching slots to fill up almost until the end of this year. So I am trying to develop something that will allow me to scale and help more writers still in a sort of personal and very intimate way. And actually at the end of this video, I'm going to share with you something that is going to allow this to happen because I know there's a lot of you that have applied to work with me and I haven't had a chance to read through all of your applications yet so I'm really sorry about that I am working on it but then along with that joy there's also been some serious difficulties and complications I think there's been a lot of needless stress and anxiety that I've created for myself and I think part of that comes from just suddenly missing this structure of the day job it's extremely easy now to be working all the time whereas before I had this sort of counterweight job these three days in my week that gave me a sort of grounding point that everything else could be structured around. But perhaps the biggest difficulty has just been hedonic adaptation, which is the phenomenon that lottery winners and people who lose limbs tend to return to the same baseline levels of happiness after three months or so. For so long, getting here was the dream. And now that I'm actually here, I've sometimes found it difficult to appreciate. And I know that probably sounds like a massive first world problem to you, and it totally is. But it's just been so easy to shift focus onto the next goal and the next dream. To paraphrase F. Scott Fitzgerald in The Great Gatsby, one of my favorite novels, I have fallen victim to the belief in the green light. Gatsby believed in the green light, the orgastic future that year by year recedes before us. It eluded us then, but that's no matter. Tomorrow we will run faster, stretch out our arms farther, and one fine morning. And so we beat on boats against the current. But what's actually quite interesting is just the act of making this video and collecting my thoughts on this experience, reflecting on how long I've worked to get here and how much I wanted this dream. It's actually really restored a lot of my gratitude and a lot of my appreciation for where I am right now. And I think that just having that awareness and also pouring myself into really meaningful creative projects, whether it's the day's writing or it's creating a YouTube video like this one or, you know, helping a writer with their own story in my story coaching program. I think that's where true joy lies. Part three, what principles made this possible? I've had massive fortune and privilege to reach this point. I had supportive parents. I grew up in a really great country down here in Australia and I had great education and amazing friends and mentors who were all very supportive of my journey. Having said that, looking back on my experience so far, I think there's sort of six key principles that have allowed me to achieve this dream of becoming a full-time writer and YouTuber at the age of 25. One, I tracked all my earnings and expenses. I've been doing this in a spreadsheet since the start of 2022. At the end of every month, I literally tally, you know, every source of income, whether that's from the day 
job or YouTube AdSense or my writing or CG Trevlin or whatever it is. And I also tally down every single expense from that month. Everything from, you know, a pricey plane ticket if I'm traveling somewhere, all the way down to like a $3 parking ticket. And I do this manually because when you actually have to manually log every item of spending, it massively discourages frivolous or pointless spending and it really helps you get a better sense of where your money is actually going. Ultimately, if you wanna be a full-time creative, the income that you make from your creativity just needs to exceed your expenses. And then if you're really risk averse like myself, it probably needs to do that by quite a margin and it probably also needs to exceed your day jobs earnings by quite a margin as well. So every month I would compare my earnings from my writing and my sort of creative business to my expenses, to my day job and slowly I began to see it ramp up in a positive direction. Number two, treat everything as an experiment. Things are never as permanent or as life altering as you expect. Life is ultimately just a series of tests and you can almost always change course later on. Deciding to leave Market Index and go full-time with this, I view this as an experiment and there might come a point six months down the track, 12 months down the track, five years down the track where I realize, you know what? This experiment didn't quite work out. I'm actually gonna go back and find another job. And it will probably be an even higher paying job if I want it because the skills that I've sort of learned from growing this YouTube channel, from my own writing, from editing clients' work within my story coaching program, these are all immensely transferable and I think could be used in a lot of different industries. So there's sort of two sub principles to this point here. The first one is to ask yourself, how would this be successful even if it was a failure? So even if this whole creative endeavor fails, it's gonna teach me a tremendous amount of skills that'll be useful for whatever else I wanna apply them to in the future. And the second sub principle is to ask yourself, is this an asymmetric bet? That is, is this something with limited downside but really massive upside? And this decision to quit my job and go full-time, I view that as an asymmetric bet because the upside is like a 10 out of 10, I get to build this dream life, this dream career of being a full-time creative, which I've always wanted. And the worst possible downside is, okay, maybe it doesn't work out and I just go back and I get another day job or I go back to marketing next. And that is like a one out of 10 bad thing. Three, your writing habit is the foundation. All of the stuff I've mentioned, it would be absolutely nothing without a consistent writing routine. I've written over 1 million words, and of those 1 million words, only around 450,000 of those have actually been published so far. So you can do the math on how many failures and unsuccessful novels I have in my trunk. But that consistent practice of just showing up and working on your writing for years and years and years, that's what it takes to sort of get to this point. I talk a lot more about writing habits in my Easy Writing Habits course, so if you're struggling to develop a good writing routine, you might wanna check that out. I recently had one student send me the following video message about two months after he finished the course. Since starting the program, I've improved drastically. I wrote a speed of about 9,000 words in two years, and now I'm at 60,000 words in two months. So pretty good. This brings me to the next principle. Number four, nothing, nothing, and then all at once. The overnight success always takes 10 years. To quote the stonecutter's credo, when nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stonecutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it was split in two. And I know that it was not the blow that did it, but all that had gone before. Your journey will feel slow, agonizingly slow, perhaps. But as long as you do not quit, you will not lose. And eventually that curve ramps up into the exponential realm and all the obstacles that stood before you fall away. Five, use mentors to pay down ignorance debt. Ignorance debt is this concept that comes from Alex Hormozzi, who essentially says that if your goal is to make, let's say a million dollars a year and you're currently making $100,000 a year, every year that you don't have the skills or the knowledge to make a million dollars, that is costing you $900,000.
And in the context of something like writing, ignorance debt might be saying that every year you don't know how to write a novel, that is subtracting one extra novel from the total amount of books you'll ever be able to write in your entire life. You can either spend time or money to pay down ignorance debt. In the beginning, it's probably gonna be a lot of time, but hopefully as you see a bit more progress and maybe as you get further into your sort of day job career, you potentially have more money that you can spend to accelerate and speed up that process. For me, my fastest growth has always come from finding someone who has achieved the thing that I wanna achieve and then getting them to mentor me, either by perhaps interviewing them on my podcast or actually paying them as part of some sort of coaching program. Captain Sinbad is the notable example here for me, like I mentioned earlier on in this video. And when you can find a really good mentor, you can literally pay down years or sometimes even decades of ignorance debt by learning from all of their sort of failings and successes and compressing all of that years worth of experience into a couple of months. Six, enjoy the process. This is a reminder to myself as well, because like I said before, it's very easy to think that when you become this full-time writer, you're going to unlock eternal happiness. And that's not quite how it works. I think happiness is really a skill all on its own. So if you're working a day job right now, maybe you're waking up really early to write in the mornings or you're staying up late into the night to get that novel done. I know this might be really hard to hear, especially from where I'm coming at now, but I really, really, really want you to enjoy that process as much as you can, because there is a certain specialness to that. And this is actually something that a lot of authors told me back in the day when I was in that situation, and they were absolutely right. In fact, I remember Gabriel Berg-Moser, who's been a real mentor to me over the last few years, he's a, a best-selling Australian thriller author, telling me how much he kind of missed those early days when he was, you know, just struggling to carve out an hour to write in between working at his bartending jobs or studying at university. and he looks back on those with a certain fondness because it had this sort of furtive, romantic joy to it. It was this joyous escape from his life at the time. And now that writing is his full-time job, he still enjoys it, but it does feel more like a job now. Try to enjoy whatever season of writing you're in. And this leads to the final part of this video. What's next for my life, for my writing, and for this YouTube channel moving forward? Well, my main goal for the rest of the year is to launch Kingdom of Dragons on Kickstarter. The cover is done, the book is done, there's just a few you know, small little edits left to make, and I'll probably be doing a cover reveal on this YouTube channel in the next few weeks, so make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And the reception from my early readers has been really, really incredible. I think it's definitely my strongest work yet. I'm actually working with AC Cobble on the project management and fulfillment for the Kickstarter campaign. He runs Merrick Books and they have run some of the campaigns for really successful self-published authors recently. As part of that, I'm in a mastermind group with some of his other clients, really big self-published names. It's been really cool to sort of surround myself with these peers who are all working towards the same goals. Again, like with that point I made earlier about Captain Sinbad's group coaching program, really surrounding yourself with people like that is just a really great way to accelerate your progression and your learning. On the YouTube front, I'm hoping that this extra time and focus can lead to even better fantasy writing advice videos for you. I'm right now working on my Magic Systems Contest video where I've had hundreds of writers send me their magic ideas and the best one will be winning $1,000. Taking a little while to get it done, but I really think it's gonna be an awesome video. And I'm actually in another YouTube group coaching program at the moment, this time with Patty Galloway. There's about 50 of us in the program. Some of the other guys in there have like 10 million subscribers. So I really feel like a small fish in a big pond, which is what you always wanna be. And it's been very cool to have this community of creators to give me fresh inspiration and sort of excitement and feedback. On the personal front, I'm hoping to have more time to sort of just try new things and enjoy life a bit more. In the next few weeks, I'm actually heading over to America to 
have a road trip with some of my friends from New York over to Chicago. So I'm really excited for that and I think it'll give me quite a bit of fresh writing inspiration. Um, if there's enough of you that are in New York, maybe we do a little writing meetup over there. Let me know in the comments down below if that would be cool. And then lastly, and this is maybe one of the most exciting things that's coming up in the next few months, I'm gonna be launching my very first fantasy outlining bootcamp later this year. You can find out all the details by going to jedhern.com forward slash outline. But essentially I'm gonna be selecting eight fantasy writers and together I'll be showing you sort of my full outlining process, which I would consider to be the most useful tool in my writing toolkit. And I'll also be working with you personally to help you develop your own outline and refine your character arcs and your story structure and your integration of themes and world building. And basically through that process, just help you really accelerate your mastery of storytelling. You've probably noticed this theme of sort of group coaching and finding community with peers a lot throughout this video. That's because it's been so useful for me. And my goal with this program is to really create the same thing for fantasy writers. So you can check out the full details by going to jedhern.com forward slash outline. The link also is in the description down below. Applications will be on a first come first serve basis, and they're only going to be open for a small amount of time. So I do encourage you to apply if that sounds like it's up your alley. But either way, thank you for watching this video all the way to the end because you have made this possible. Watching these YouTube videos, helping this YouTube channel grow, this has really been the thing that has allowed this dream to come to fruition. Whether you've been here from day one or you're just recently subscribed, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It really means a lot to me. And in a moment when I close out this video, I just want to put up the names of some people who have been particularly pivotal in helping me get to this point in my life, even if some of them don't know it. Apologies to anyone I missed because there have been a lot of people who have helped me get to this point where I am right now. It's a new chapter ahead and I can't wait to explore it and hopefully share my experience and my learnings on this YouTube channel with you moving forward. Keep writing and keep striving. I'll see you in the next video.